1: Now, I don't know about you, uh, but during the holiday uh, break, I uh, shut off the news. Uh, It was nice for me, and I'm a news junkie, as you all know. But I thought it was time to jump in a little bit and get a lay of the land in regards to politics, not only in our province, but in our country as well. Joining me now is Richard Zussman, Global BC's legislative reporter. Good afternoon, Richard. Happy New Year, Jazza! Happy New Year, and it's the real Richard Zussman, not a deep fake, which is good. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. there we
0: go. Try my deep fake voice on you and see how it went.
1: All right. Well, there's <laughs> like I've always been told you you know I love international news, but uh, all news is local, and that's what's most important. So let's start at the local level, and nothing more local than BC Ferries. Uh, walk me through this story. I think you're working on this for tonight's News Hour as well, in regards to porta potties and BC Ferries. Yeah, so some problems yesterday on the
0: Queen of Cowichan between North Vancouver and Nanaimo. Around 7 o'clock last night, one of the elevators went down and then a second elevator went down. So all elevator service was stopped on the Queen of Cowichan, which meant for those with accessibility issues, they couldn't get from the car deck up to the upper deck. So BC Ferries jumped in pretty quickly here. You have to give them some credit. They got maintenance crews there to look at the elevator, but they also got porta-potties delivered at around midnight. So this morning, for those traveling between uh, Nanaimo and North Van and back on the Queen of Cowichan, uh, for those with accessibility issues, so you can't get up and down those stairs, uh, the only option for bathroom was porta-potty on that main car deck. Uh, One of the elevators is now fixed and operating so they have solved that problem but it's just a sign of some of the challenges we may continue to see on ferries vessels ceo nicholas jimenez has acknowledged Mm -hmm. that many of the vessels are you know at their best before date or beyond in terms of needing replacement and that leads to all sorts of challenges and often the elevator issues are tied to the fact that there's lots of vibration happening on the vessels as they sail and it causes challenges but it's also the fact that these vessels are getting older and we're going to see more challenges like elevator failures. We have seen some motor and mechanical failures. So there's a big ask from uh, BC ferries to get more vessels on the fleet. It's going to cost a lot of money. They're already spending jazz hundreds of millions of dollars to upgrade and maintain the current vessel. So with growing populations ridership going up this continues to be something to watch obviously in terms of the mechanical challenges the ferries will have all the way from you know having to use porta-potties in some cases for those that can't use stairs all the way to those cancelled sailings that we've reported on uh, whenever they happen, especially uh, last year around Canada Day.
1: We haven't, I don't think we've hit the moment where people say that's enough, but are we getting close between, uh, you know, at times not having enough staff uh, to run a ferry, mechanical issues? Uh, This is a porta-potty issue here. Uh, I don't want to make too much of it. But, I mean, are we reaching a point where, you know, somewhere along the way the public's going to say that's enough? Uh, And it seems to me that we're getting pretty close. Yeah, for so many British Columbians on ferries, we can't say it's enough because
0: they are the mode of transportation that people rely on to get between the island and the mainland and people need to have that service working. So for those people who are impacted, it's already enough is enough that, you know, any delay causes challenges with making important medical appointments, with catching flights on the other side of the water, those types of challenges. The issue, though, is, you know, who's responsible here? CEO Nicholas Jimenez is new to this job. He, the BC Ferries last year broke records for the number of people they hired. And in a situation like this, Jazz, I believe that it's a changed mentality for Ferries, that they are quicker to react to problems. The problem is we are seeing more and more problems occur. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on Nicholas Jimenez over the next year to show that work's being done at Ferries to hire more staff to manage that side of things. But also, that preemptive maintenance is happening to ensure that we prevent these types of mechanical issues. And, you know, is this, it it impacts a lot of people. You know, millions of sailing, you know, millions of people travel every year on the BC ferry system. So there there are a lot of people here that uh, can be impacted. and, And that's why, you know, it matters in terms of how both. Ferries in the province reacts to these issues on board. Uh,
1: let, let's touch on another issue, and that's with the BC United. Kevin Falcon was uh, on colleague uh, Mike Smith's show today talking about a cell phone ban. I actually talked about this when I was in MLA and was doing some work on it. Um, obviously, we have more uh, research now being provided to educators, uh, to elected officials as well. Huge issue in the United States where I think there's like 33 states now suing Um, social media companies, big tech, about the impact uh, cell phones and particularly social media are having on kids. Here's Kevin Falcon uh, on the Mike Smith show earlier today talking about banning cell phones in British Columbia.
0: Well, we called uh, almost a year ago now for a banning of cell phones in schools. Um, The reason we did that is because we're hearing increasingly from teachers, but also um, that frankly, there's a huge amount of reports and data pouring in now about the negative impacts uh, that it has on terms of kids. It basically shows that kids learn less and perform worse as a result of cell
1: phones. That was Kevin Falcon speaking to Mike Smith uh, earlier today. Uh, Now, as a a father, and and you are as well, uh, I'm at the bro stage of parenting. Uh, I'm not dad anymore, (laughs) so uh, it's a constant fight with the cell phone. Uh, I I think your kid's a little younger, but I mean, there's some practical realities for cell phones where I think they work really well for kids, but I would agree with Kevin Falcon here. It's a huge issue in regards to educating our kids, in regards to attention at schools, and then, of course, the broader issue of social media and its impact it's having on our kids.
0: Yeah, it's important to know that Quebec is putting in place a ban in its classrooms, but the challenge, as you know, Jazz, with any type of legislation is when you put in a ban, enforcing it becomes an issue. Who does this fall on? Does this fall on the district, or does it fall on the principal or teacher to teacher? And how do you ensure that uh, parents feel connected to their kids? So many use the cell phone as... You know, a communication tool or an emergency tool if they're trying to communicate with their kids. Uh, how do we offset those challenges? Uh, but it's clearly something that Beast United is honed in on here. They are hearing concerns from the school system about the disruption of some of the cell phone use. You know, the classroom looks a lot different now, Jazz, than when you and I were in it. Mm-hmm. The use of computers, of touch screens, of cell phones is all part of learning. And as you develop through, do you start looking at implementing these sort of restrictions in a university classroom where they're relying so heavily on now virtual learning, it becomes harder that way. So what point do you draw the line At what age do you draw the line here? So this is obviously gonna be, as we describe a talker, one of those things that people will be curious about, about the role that politicians have here, but actually implementing it is going to be a concern. I think everybody agrees that We need to get the use of cell phones, you know, playing Candy Crush or texting a friend or going on social media in the classroom should be out of the classroom. But how do we do that in the most effective way is the big issue here. Is it legislation or is it, as we have in most classrooms now, policies where teachers say to their students, all right, it's learning time now. Put your phone away, Mm -hmm. just like passing a note like you and I may have done, (laughs) you know, sending a text or going on social media is Against the rules in the classroom right now. And that may be the best way to do it. Legislation may be challenging, but I think we all all agree that that type of, you know, activity in the classroom can be hugely disruptive to those learning, but also those around you learning as well.